This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. This is Mike at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Oh, that's because I was blocking it. So how's it going, guys? <laughs> wow. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's good. Um, it's raining here, so if you guys hear it, uh, I apologize on behalf of Mother Nature. I think it's cool. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. We need to record during a thunderstorm. You're recording outside. Say that. Yes, yes. We're in the elements of... Right. Yes. Uh reasonably comfortable room but anyway um no so uh uh before we get started i just want to mention a couple corrections from last week's episode um when we were talking about project Greenlight, i mentioned that in the movie the battle of shaker heights shia labeouf falls in love with sherry appleby and he does but the the brother the sister of his best friend in the movie is played by amy smart so i'm sorry amy um <laughs> And that's yeah, that's that's all I got for that. So okay, Good. yeah, one correction, not one bad. correction. Yeah, I thought I had another one, but I'll probably think of it halfway through and then ruin the recording by bringing yeah, it up. That's all right. Yeah, I'll ruin the flow of the recording. So how's it Put going, it guys? It's good. Things are good. Yep. Yeah, we were just talking about how your school got like torn apart by a storm. Yeah, it did. Uh, I work at Boonville High School, and and actually, we didn't have any students yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So Monday, we didn't have any students from the storm on Friday. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, It hasn't really stormed that bad up here lately, so. Yeah. Here's hoping. You're lucky. I love thunderstorms. Yeah, so do I, but... I Not mean, when it destroys things and right. you have to clean up a school. <laughs> Jeez, <Yeah>. Matt. Insensitive. <laughs> well, you know, I just like things to be... I just I just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. Um, wow. Some people like yeah. to watch the world burn. <laughs> That's a much better impression. That's um, right. Yeah. Anyway, so this week we're talking about car movies, correct? Slash, yes. slash racing. Slash racing movies, car racing movies, racing car movies. It's an important designation. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I gotta say, this one was tough. Mm-hmm. And you guys brought it up a couple weeks ago, and I was, I was apprehensive from the start. And I, and I let you guys know it, because I am not a, <laughs> I'm not a car movie guy at all. I'm not a car guy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so to take one of my favorite things and one of my least favorite things and mash them together, you kind of get uh, lukewarm results. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think I, I'm sure that we have an audience in Indy uh, and maybe even perhaps in Speedway where the Indy 500 takes place. Right. And, so, and so all of that I think is more important to where you guys are from, your whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get the point of it. But uh, but I'll say uh, from my end, I'm I'm coming in as not so much the noob, uh, but definitely not definitely not the fan. Maybe that you guys are of car movies or driving movies, racing right. movies. Yeah, and it's it's uh, 
the one, the only real reason why I even brought up this this as a topic for the show is because when this is released, it'll be released on like uh, in a couple weeks from when we're recording. But it'll be the week of the Indy Five Hundred. Um, gotcha. The greatest spectacle in racing. It's cool. That's what it's called. It's yeah. the greatest spectacle in racing. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. Now we have to pay money for that. Dude, when I was <laughs> when I was in Europe, like I told people like I'm from Indianapolis and they're like, Oh, the race and oh, stuff. Nice. Like, so yeah, it's like it's wow. literally world famous. Yeah. Huh. So That's they cool. brought up the race and not the obsessive viewer podcast. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well we'll get him next time. It was right. his trip was pre Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, there was no podcast at the time. Damn it. Well, they will bring oh, it well, up. That fell apart. They will, yeah, <laughs> next time. Next time we'll bring it up. Next yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much the the genesis of that idea is that because we, if you're if you're unaware, we mention it kind of frequently uh, here in Speedway. We live like a stone's throw away from the. I was trying to think of a pun for cars or something like an engine block away from uh, <laughs> Indianapolis Motor Speedway. <laughs> Um, a short drive away, perhaps. A short drive away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's like it's one of the be- biggest. Uh, where? Uh, what are the stats of it? Do you know, Tiny? <laughs> no. <laughs> what are the stats of it? Yeah, isn't it like it's like the it's ranked as one of the the largest uh, sports facilities. It's one of the largest sporting venues in the world. Yeah, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Um, and where are you guys on car slash racing slash driving movies? Bring us back to the topic. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, as I think they're fun. I think they're really, really fun. Uh, they're great. It's it really speaks to one of the best parts of movies for me is just the escapism and how it can be this just like you can kind of turn your brain off and watch some some cool shit go fast. Um, yeah. And it's just in, there are many different levels to which you can, they, they can use that format and that, um, kind of template to make some really interesting movies and some really shitty movies also. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> some not interesting um, movies. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's like any other, really any other genre. It's just, it's something that's really beholden to the creative forces behind it and it's it's something that i it's it's kind of a little bit of nostalgia for me some of the some of the stuff on my list and some of the stuff on your guys's list of movies that we're going to bring up are like nostalgia movies for me and it's uh it's something that i i really i really enjoy cool. yeah same here i uh i think the 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 car is you know it was invented by Americans, you know, uh, Henry Ford invented the internal combustion engine at the turn of the century. And so it's something that we take a lot of pride in in the United States. Um, and for a long time, the best and most popular cars in the world were built in the United States. And so I think that's has worked its way into the Americana film as well. Uh, and, and, you know, you can you can just point to so many not necessarily movies that are about cars, but really sweet cars that are in movies. Um, yeah. Even even you know comic book movies. Who wants you know, everyone wanted to talk about the Tumblr from the Dark Knight trilogy or uh, you know the what was the the Seth Rogen movie the Green the Green, uh, Green Hornet. Hornet Yeah, like everyone wanted to know about the car. Is it the original or do they do something new? So it just has a it, it has its own little own little niche in the 
in the Hollywood lexicon. I love I love car movies. Nice, well said. Well Thank said. you. And I hadn't cool. really, I hadn't really thought of uh, its Americanism. <laughs> it because that's that's a really good point. I hadn't even considered that because uh, we're <laughs> it's unique because uh, as Americans we're so used to uh, stealing stuff from other cultures and other yeah. people, uh, other and you know indigenous people that live in a um, little bit land. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we have the car, so that's that's a plus. Um. Yeah, so that's cool. So do we want to kick it off uh, with our discussion? Sure. I say, do it. I say we fire it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even be mad. That's, Pop that's, the clutch, that's turn the key, yeah. hit the gas. I'm out of my element. I can't turn on the radio. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm out of my element, too. <laughs> kick turn the, on the radio. <laughs> kick let's, the tires and light the fires. Yes, Make sure your auxiliary cable is plugged into your iPod. <laughs> Flip uh, it over to InSync. So much no badass. attached. So much oh, badassness so far. So much. We are just roll the windows down, but only halfway because you don't really want it to mess up your hair. You just kind of want a cool breeze, but you make sure you get the back window down a little bit so you get that nice air tunnel through it. Yes. Yes. Wow. All right. So for you guys <laughs> listening, let's let's you know let's do it. Um, <laughs> Tiny, do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Sweet. Um. Like Mike said, I'm not necessarily a I'm I'm a car guy, but I'm not a gearhead. So like, when someone's like, "Oh, this car is this engine and it does this," and has, I'm like, "Yeah, it does." Uh, I know my makes and models, and I, I appreciate different eras of cars and stuff like that. Um, I can change an oil, I can change some oil, change a tire, stuff like that. But that's that's about it. So, um, but again, you know, growing growing up in speedway racing, love racing, all that stuff. So, uh, I had to bring up a racing movie first. Uh, and this is one of the more famous ones. It's 1990s Days of Thunder. Um, and I looked up I looked up some stats on on the cars from each from each movie that I'm gonna I'm gonna list. So I'll, I'll rattle those off real quick because they're pretty cool. Uh, during Days of Thunder, 35 cars were destroyed during filming. <laughs> um, there were uh, the stock cars that were used in the movie were all provided by uh, Rick Hendricks Racing Team, which is a, a famous, very successful team uh, in the NASCAR series here in the United States. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson drive for Rick Hendricks, um, and most of the vehicles. I wanted to look up like the years and the makes and the models and all that stuff, but we're talking about stock cars here, so it's kind of different. But I guess most of the vehicles were Chevys, but they modified some of them to look like you know Pontiacs and. Dodges and, and Fords and stuff. So, so there's that. Um, there are tons of actual NASCAR drivers in the movie, which is cool. Um, if you're a fan of that, I used to be really into NASCAR, uh, but they they've really they really changed the sport a lot over the last seven or eight years, and it's just too different now. I can't yeah can't get into it as much. Wasn't there something like a different point system or some some kind of weird thing with the cars that yeah restricted them? Well, yeah, a couple years ago. Um, Kevin Hart, no, not Kevin Harvick. I can't remember his name. Um, the guy who won the championship mm-hmm. didn't win a race all year. <laughs> wow! And it's because of he finished. He he just finished very, uh, very methodically and very uh, strategically to where he actually had more points than anybody else, even though he didn't win a race all year. He moneyballed it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he money drove it. Nice. Oh, uh, that's enough. Um, it's getting cut. I'm kidding. Uh, sorry. <laughs> 
anyways, Days of Thunder. Um, it's I don't I wouldn't call it iconic, but it's it, most people when you bring up racing movies, it comes up because it was it was popular in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, as an early film for Tom Cruise, uh, as an early film for Tony Scott, who directed it. Ah, yeah. Um, it's it's not a great movie. Um, the the <laughs> the script is not very good at all. Um, but I think the acting is actually pretty on point. Um. Uh, wow, I should have looked up the other actor. Gosh, why can't I think of his name? Michael Nicole Rooker? Kidman. Michael Rooker, thank Nicole you. Kidman. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Nicole uh. Kidman. Nice. Um, uh, but Michael Rooker and uh, Tom Cruise and, um, wow, well, I can't remember. Uh, Carrie oh, Ellis plays, yeah. plays the, other, uh, the other driver or the, the three main ones. They're all, um, I think their acting is on point because a lot of professional racers not just NASCAR or whatever, but even like sprint car drivers and people you don't never heard of and don't make any money. They're really cocky guys. You kind of have, you have to have like, you have to have a certain swagger, you know, you have to be confident and cocky in order to drive the fastest machines that mankind can make and do it well without killing yourself. (laughs) Um, and so I feel like those three actors all embodied that really well. Um, Especially Michael Rooker, I, I liked him a lot in this movie. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's some really bright spots in the movie uh, where they kind of pull some pranks on Tom Cruise's character. Where they, after he wins a race, they get him a stripper and stuff, and it's <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and you know what? I, I actually think uh, one one thing that's always notable or something that you should pay attention to in a racing movie or a car movie is the way that they depict speed. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually a very difficult thing to film. Because if you just kind of see a car, like if you're just in the cab of a car and you, they just show you the speedometer and it says 150, that doesn't really mean anything to you. But you know, you have to add some background, give it some context. Um, and th- there's some some cool parts in this movie where they strap some cameras to the outside of the cars. Um, they use the rearview mirrors a lot to show what passing is like, which is an immense skill when it comes to oval racing like they do in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I I appreciated the way they did some of it. Nothing was specifically revolutionary. Um, There's a really cool scene where uh, it's it's part of the uh, plot where Tom Cruise has to... uh, There's a wreck in front of him, and it's it's actually kind of a... um, uh, a, a staple of racing where one of the scariest things you can do is drive through smoke yeah. because you have no idea what's in front of you and you know there's a wreck there you know there's obstacles in the way but you don't know where they are if you slow oh, it's just you saying that is like terrifying exactly <laughs> um if you slow down you're going to lose positions but if you speed up and you hit something you could die so it's it's just one of those things in racing where it's like if you can do that well, it's, it's just one of the scariest things you'll ever have to do. And the way they bring it up in this movie, it comes up a couple times. It's uh, You really feel it. I, I, I respect them for, for how they depicted that. So, um, What about you guys? Have you guys seen this movie? Um, no, I've, I've never seen it. You, hmm. you mentioned uh, that it like destroyed the most cars. And uh, it beat, actually, the movie Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, wow. For a t- which I wanted to bring up as my, as my car movie, but... Uh, I think you guys kind of went eh, on that one, uh, which I'll I'll bring up later, maybe in a vault episode or or oh, something nice. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I guess it's not essentially a car movie. But then Blues Brothers beat that, right? For most cars destroyed in a movie, uh, and then since then, um, Gone in sixty seconds, 
um, G.I. Joe, actually destroyed a bunch of cars, wow. A Good Day to Die Hard, then Fast and Furious, and then Transformers 3. Transformers 3 actually has the record uh, 532 cars destroyed. Oh, you would think it would be anyway. Transformers because the main characters are cars. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time one of a uh, Transformer gets its head ripped off, that's one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. I, uh, I just recently watched this movie for the first time in years. I, it's... It almost it this is gonna be kind of a dick thing to say, but it almost would have qualified as a nostalgia movie if it was memorable. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I I just I I was kind of just bored while I was watching it pretty much the whole time. I really liked the depiction of like the arrogance of race car drivers and yeah. especially with uh, Michael Rooker's character has some medical issues and there's this point where Tom Cruise is talking to Nicole Kidman and he's like He's saying that I think it's I think it's him. It might be Robert Duvall, but it's like you you can't expect a race car driver to go to the hospital or to get any medical stuff because they don't want to confront their own mortality or anything. That just mm-hmm. reminds them that uh, that their that their lives are in danger and and when whenever they get behind the wheel in a race. And I thought that was depicted very well, but just overall the movie was just kind of. Eh. I do remember as a kid we used to watch it all the time, um, but we. <laughs> We used to refer to Tom Cruise as Mellow Yellow because yeah. the end of the movie, his, his car is, is the sponsor of Mellow Yellow. Yeah. But that's just a weird thing that kids did, I guess. But um, another thing that I wanted to bring up about that is that I loved how it was, um, how it showed, it gave an interesting view because a lot of people, they say like, okay, well, racing isn't a sport because you're just driving fast and turning left. And it's not even it's not like the road circuit or like F one or Formula One, where you have to like you strategize and all that. But that's not the case at all because and it's depicted very well in Days of Thunder is that it's not just the driver because they have a whole crew of people that are supporting them and, and working mm-hmm. to do it. It's a whole team effort, and I thought that that was depicted very well from like the pit crew. There's a scene where uh, uh, the uh, the they mess up in in the pits and he he messes or it, it loses some traction in the race for him and how uh how his crew chief played by Robert Duvall how he <laughs> he tells Tom Cruise a he tells Tom Cruise like oh yeah we put we put special special tires on yeah so that you can overtake him on uh overtake him on the outside because uh, it's it's they kept referring to it as a treacherous fourth turn um he's like okay so he does it and then he's like oh yeah those are just normal tires <laughs> um. <laughs> which is that that brings me one of the parts of the movie that's that's sort of unfortunate but it's a movie so it's going to happen there's a lot of inaccuracy in the movie yeah um, a lot of ridiculous stuff like a if you're a fan of racing you know that the the uh the pit chief and the driver have like a sacred bond mm-hmm. a, a, a a crew chief, I think it's pit chief. I can't remember. It's okay. been forever since I've really been a racing fan. <laughs> um, uh, they have a sacred bond. A, 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 a pit chief would never lie to mm-hmm. the driver. Like he, that's just that's something you don't do. Um, and then like one one of the races, like uh, Tom Cruise's character comes out of the pits and he's in like thirty fifth place, and in like five laps he wins the race. It's ridiculous. Like, right. Um, and then throughout the throughout the races in the movie, the cars just slam into each other all the time, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because, like, if you if you watch a modern race today, maybe this was different because it's old. 
But if you mo- watch a modern race today, they will barely tap each other, and the car completely changes because aerodynamics plays into these cars so yeah. much. Um, and just barely tapping the radiator and putting a little dent in the radiator, the car overheats and the engine blows. It's just like right. so they they go above and beyond to not even come close to touching each other. So, um, but it's like I said, it's just a fun movie. I, I enjoy it. No. Yeah. You, I'm stupid. I'm probably gonna cut this out. But you said they go above and beyond not to touch each other. Uh, touch each other and I'm like yeah just like my social life <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so stupid that was a stretch anyway also Tom Cruise's character awesome name yes Cole Trickle Cole Trickle awesome um, Cole Trickle is yeah. that an awesome name yeah it's it's actually <laughs> it's a uh, it's an homage to the uh, the real life uh, race car driver Dick Trickle that's okay that's a real name because the whole time <laughs> yeah. I was watching I was like wait is his I thought his name was Dick Trickle and then I was like yeah. Maybe that's just my perv mind saying, like, oh, that'd be funny if his name was Dick Trickle. Um, <laughs> Dick Trickle is what my wife complains about gets on the toilet seat every time she's got a... Hey! Well played. Well played. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, Days yeah. of Thunder. Cool. Good pick. Good pick. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on the movie itself, but it's it's apt. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, Mike, do you want to, you, um, you know, give us your first one? Sure, absolutely. Um, I had to look up the cars in this movie because the cars don't take precedence, but I, I think you guys will agree that it fits. Uh, it's the movie Drive. Oh, yeah. Nice. 2011's Drive, uh, starring, of course, Ryan Gosling, the beautiful Ryan Gosling. Mm. It's got Carrie Mulligan, Brian Cranston, Oscar Isaac, uh, and Albert Brooks in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which if I've never seen the movie Bullet, but it's got heavy homages to Bullet, the Steve McQueen 1968 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's probably one of the deepest. I, I had to dig deep to to find movies that worked for this. I told you guys early on that this was right. tough for me. Um, so I had to dig deep to find one. So speaking of deep, it's probably the deepest movie about driving that I can think of, which I guess you could say about any of the movies we come up with. Uh, really, you could say it about any movie. It's not really about cars, but Fast and <laughs> Furious is more about whatever. Yeah. Uh, more on Fast and Furious later. Yeah. Anyway, uh, really quickly, the car, some of the cars in the movie. There's a 1973 uh, Chevy Malibu. There's a 90s Toyota Camry. Uh, there's a Pontiac GTO, a 2011 Mustang GT. Uh, there's a Lincoln Town Car. And so, anyway, uh, again, not a car guy, but there's cars in the movie. Right. Um, <laughs> what I love about Drive, and, and I've done reviews on this movie and I've talked about this movie, is that everything about the movie is slightly off it's just it's just kind of strange it's a strange movie the electronica score and soundtrack uh i love the 80s style posters i love ryan gosling's jacket i love that he says like 20 lines in the whole movie uh more importantly i love that the movie kind of just is it's one of my i'll explain what i mean by that it's one of my favorite kinds of movies in that it doesn't necessarily end it just kind of stops showing us what's next. The The movie mm. is almost existential in that way, and it's really like just a snapshot of one of the adventures of Gosling's character, uh, simply, by the way, and perfectly named Driver. Um, <laughs> so you get this sense that like he's been involved in danger and, and this violence before, and he probably will be again. Um, have you guys seen the movie? Oh, yeah. I own it. 
Nice. Yeah. Awesome movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's awesome. Uh, if if you haven't seen it, it's basically uh, it opens with a robbery and a getaway car, and the the getaway car is driven by a handsome nobody. You find out that this handsome nobody during the day is a stuntman uh, in Hollywood, and he, you know, is a getaway man by night. Uh, he falls in love with his neighbor who has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend uh, convinces driver uh, to do some devious things with him to help him out, and then uh, you know, calamity ensues. And and like I said, the movie just kind of ends. Like the adventure is over, and he drives off, and you're absolutely left with the feeling like, well, surely something like this will happen to this guy again. But I'm glad I got to see this instance. Um, back in 2011, or I guess early 2012, I called it my number nine movie of 2011. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I what I love about that movie is uh, you you're right to say that driving and cars play play in I mean it's called driver or it's called drive of course it, it, it you know drive, yeah. pl- plays a <laughs> plays a role but uh what I love about it is that it shows how how this kind of mentality can be a, a lifestyle essentially. Um mm-hmm. if, if I talked about you know kind of cockiness or or uh, um um you know, swagger, if you will, um, that these people have to have. Just Ryan Gosling is just so he seems like he could hop behind the wheel of any car at any time and win a race of any kind or just outdrive any person in the world. He just has yep. that stance to him, uh, that attitude, and he, you know, he's again, he's cocky. He wears he wears that ridiculous jacket the whole movie, and <laughs> yeah. and most other men in the world would look like a pansy, but you know, he's he pulls it off. Um, yep. Yeah, and some there are some sick cars in the movie. That GTO is sweet in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love just the style of the movie. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so cool is the only way to describe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it it's it thrives in the almost underuse of cars and and driving scenes because there's only like a, if I remember correctly, there's only like two two or three like big like driver scenes. Right. Yeah, um, there's the opener where where we meet him, and we're really uh, shown the extent of his badassery. Oh, uh, well, so I, I guess not. We're we're given a hint at how how cool he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the scene. I guess I'll call it a meet cute, where he's driving <laughs> Carrie Mulligan around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's really all the yeah all the extended driving sequences. If you if you don't count. Um, when Brian Cranston is trying to get that sponsorship in that car, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's just it's really, like you said, it's really cool. Like you mentioned, the score. I love the music in the movie. The Me music too. is so yeah. It's like earworm heaven because it kind of <laughs> just really sticks with you. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just I I really like. I need to watch it again, but yeah, mm-hmm. I really like it. The the music the music is so perfect for the movie mm-hmm. that it's it's. Like early, early 80s deep pop music mm-hmm. uh, in that it's not super catchy and not super popular. But like you said, earwormy, like you just kind of groove to it. And I think yeah. that's indicative of the movie. Like it's not a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it even requires a little bit of patience. But if you're patient with it and you take it in, you will never forget it. Yeah. That uh, speaking of the the driving scenes, the, the opening scene where he's he's a wheelman essentially for the robbery, 
mm-hmm. I love the way that is filmed so mm-hmm. much. That is just the tension that builds and just how uh, there's next to next to no dialogue in it. Right. Uh, but there's a radio playing the entire time, and it's it's like a it's a play by play of a Lakers game. Oh, and you're yeah. like you're like what's going on? He's listening. Why are they playing this? Like it's like they're <laughs> emphasizing it. And yep. It's kind of weird. Right. And you and he eventually works it into their getaway. At the I won't spoil it, but it's. It's just such a cool scene. It's, it's so awesome. It's almost out of place in the movie, to be honest. Yeah. Just because yeah. of the tone of the rest of the movie, but uh, man, that's, but again, that scene's amazing. I will, I will grant it that because it's existential, and this is just a snapshot. Like I feel like that scene is the end of an adventure we didn't get to watch. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? Well and put. then, and then our time with the driver starts after that. Very nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. well said. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love. I I worry that the movie is slightly forgotten already. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a bummer. It was easily one of the best of 2011, and and it might go down as one of the best of the 2010s. Um, there is of course the iconic scene with the hammer and the bullet when they're in the strip club. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what I was alluding to when I talked about when we really see his badassness. Mm-hmm. Um. But but I'm worried it's slightly forgotten, and that yeah. bums me out a lot. Yeah, um, I don't have IMDb readily available. But didn't the is only God forgives? Is that is that the same the, filmmaker? Yeah, the director. Okay. It's his second movie. Yeah, Ni- Nicholas Weinberg. His next yeah, movie. yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, it wasn't that pretty much pretty like forgettable. Or I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it, it yet. I think it was panned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that kind of retroactively kind of. Uh, turns people away from drive which it shouldn't because drive is amazing and um, yeah i think they're supposed to the director and ryan gosling are supposed to be doing a remake of oh man what is the movie um i really should have looked it up before i brought it up <laughs> um oh shoot i'm sorry that's fine well that's you right. do that all um fam for you um, no, I, I, and I just want to say real quick, I love Carrie Mulligan ever since, uh, <laughs> ever since, um, oh wow. Why can I think of the name of the episode? Um, ever since Dr. Who, yeah. uh, Sally Sparrow, I can't do the accent. Um, I've just had just a huge crush on her. Um, you talking about blink blink. Yes. Yeah. Blink. Yeah. The only episode of Dr. Who I've ever seen. Yeah. The best <laughs> Embarrassingly enough. Can, yeah. Well, you know. It's not for everyone. If you're not into it, you're not into it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. But I love that episode. And if anyone is curious to check out Doctor Who, check out that episode because it's a good entry into it. And Carrie Mulligan will be mine. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Christina Hendricks is in it. And she is very fun to look at. Oh, yes, yeah, she um, is. So she's in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I got to point out, my my new dude Oscar Isaac I love him nice. um he was in it I would say I would say unforgettable but I guess that would be a lie um but then blew me away in Inside Lewin Davis and I can't wait to see him in Star Wars uh, I still mm-hmm. need to watch I need still need to watch Inside Lewin Davis but tiny what was the movie I couldn't find it it's holy crap <laughs> it's not Cannonball Run oh that'd be awesome though. <sighs> Something with run in the title. I can't remember. Um, it's like where when everyone reaches a certain age, they die. Oh, um, um, oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. Uh, um, <laughs> They're not doing it anymore, apparently, because it's not on IMDb. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. So, um, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I know that. 
I know it, but I can't think yeah. of it. I can't remember. Uh, I'll think of it later. But anyway, so yeah. so yeah. Anything more about Drive? Uh-uh. Good movie. I don't think so. It was it was my first movie to talk about and my first one for a reason. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, that brings it to me. I'm going to kind of double up this one uh, just a little bit. Um, Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Yes. Thank you, well sir. Done. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but my, my first pick is a twofer. Um, first, I'll talk about 1971's Vanishing Point. Have you guys mm. seen it at all? Anyone? No. No, not okay. Well, it's it'll segue into the double up feature of this of this segment. But um, it's a movie about a guy named Kowalski who is uh, like he 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 works for a mechanic or something. He's supposed to deliver a car from Denver, I think it's Denver, to like Sacramento, and he just he makes a bet with his drug dealer uh, while he's buying some speed. He's like. Uh, yeah, I'll make a bet with you. I'll get it there in like a day. And so the whole movie is, it's, it's, the whole movie is one big car chase. Uh, he's driving from like Denver to California, uh, and he's trying to get there in a day or a day or two or something like that. Um, and it's, it's a really cool concept. I really liked it. Uh, the car is also beautiful. It's a 1970, uh, Challenger, Dodge Challenger. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's freaking beautiful um, yeah yeah and i like i'll get into this a little later i probably should have brought up my third movie first but um i've always had a soft spot for kind of mopar cars uh, i'm not really a car guy but that's the kind of thing that i gravitate to which i'll talk more about later but what is it mopar mopar yeah. it's like uh dodge chrysler chrysler cars it seems okay. for it's a it's a it's an amalgamation of the word motor parts yes correct yeah. nice okay um so anyway so the whole movie is this one big giant car chase there's um there's this kind of like uh <laughs> uh kind of th- there's this blind radio dj who kind of acts as kind of a spiritual guide to Kowalski and, and kind of he's, he's, he has a, he has a police scanner. So he's, he's talking to him through the radio and they're kind of the, they have like this kind of bond sort of, but and it, one of the best parts about the movie is that you don't get much backstory at the outset of Kowalski. You don't know why he's taking this bet, why he's, why he's even doing it. But you slowly, they slowly show like little flashbacks and stuff like that throughout it that show more of his backstory, which it was, it was a really cool kind of narrative structure for the movie to take. And it really amplified the kind of uh, the, the, the action on screen for me. And throughout the, whole, throughout the whole movie, he's running into people and he's meeting people along the way, people that help him out, people that are all that, uh, uh, that are helping him out and stuff. And it's, it's a really cool... It's a really cool movie, and but it's it's kind of dated because um, mm. it was in 1971. There's a lot of kind of stereotypical kind of stuff, and it's kind of kind of dated. And that's why I think that it would, as a concept, it would work really well to be. And this is slightly blasphemous, but it's very remakeable. Um, mm. Like and it was remade in '97 with Viggo Mortensen, but from what I read, I haven't seen it. But from what I've read, they kind of just it was kind of a loose kind of thing. Like he's driving from, he's driving across country because his wife is in labor or something. And it kind of seems like it would take some of the mystique out of it. Then again, I haven't seen it, so it could be decent. But 
I think if they took the concept of it and and ran with it and made like a straight remake, it could really flourish um, uh, pr- present day. I think it could be really cool. Um, and that brings me into the second part of this two for segment for me. Um, Gone in sixty seconds. Nice. Yeah, oh, it's a great movie. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, and I haven't seen Tiny. You might remember this, but. I remember we were over at your house. We, there was a bunch of people over, and we were watching the original Gone in 60 Seconds. Do you remember that at all? Was that the... I thought we were watching Bullet. No, we were watching the original Gone was in it? 60 okay. Seconds. Um, and I remember... I think everyone just kind of was like, eh, this is not... This is Where's Nick Cage? <laughs> yeah. Because we were a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't right. even think we finished it. I don't but, think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember it being kind of boring, but the the remake is so, so awesome. Yes. Um one of the things I love about it is that it's, I mean, it plays up the brotherly bond of, of Nick Cage and Giovanni Ribisi. Um, and that kind of spoke to me as, like, I'm close with my brother. Um, so that was really cool. And I just, like, this is, like, for those uninitiated with it, it's about a guy who has to steal 50 cars in one night. Or he's, he's, he has to steal 50 cars for this kind of, this guy played by the Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Um <laughs> But what I love about it is that they kind of the planning phase of it is just really it's it's it speaks to my weird personality, my weird brain that they spend a big portion of the movie basically planning out the big heist of all the 50 cars. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this in one night. And I was like, that's so cool because I love procrastinating. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just it's it's really cool to me. And I mean, the first. I mean, stealing the 50 cars, that whole sequence is just so, so awesome. Yeah. And the, the ensuing car chase at the end with Eleanor, the 1965, 67 <sighs> Shelby GT500. I can't remember which. Uh, anyway, it's... I want to say 65. Yeah, I think so. Because that's when the Mustangs were good. That up until in the 70s, uh-huh. I kind of uh, fell off a little bit. Right. So it was 60-something. Yeah. Like I said, I'm more of a Mopar guy, if anything, so I don't really know that much about him. But... Um, it's. I mean, it's a beautiful chasing. It's a beautiful car, and I love Nick Cage. Is just, he's not that over the top in it, and I, yeah. I really appreciate his performance in that. Um, it's just, it's one of the best car chases I've ever seen on film, and I've seen the ten or so minutes of Bullet. Um, <laughs> that's actually the only ten minutes of Bullet I've seen. It's like twenty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, Bullet or Gone Six Seconds? That's. I thought Bullet was the one that had like the twenty-five minute chase. I think there. so. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that sequence. But I remember. Yeah. I I think I like recorded it or something on on the VCR, and I just watched. Like I ran it up to that point, <laughs> and I would watch it. I've never seen the whole movie, but I just watched that scene over and over again. Again, that right. features a charger, uh, which I'll get mm-hmm. into in my third pick. But um, Mopar. But so yeah, those are my picks. Uh, Vanishing Point. If you can find it. I would recommend checking it out and um, Hollywood, if you're listening, I would be more than happy to pen the script for a remake. (laughs) (laughs) Am I accurate in remembering the line when it rains, it pours? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right? Because his name is Memphis Rains. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And his brother's name, Giovanni Ribisi's name is Kip. Rains. 
And I guess it's Christopher Eccleston yeah, it who is. says it. Could be oh, someone yeah. else. No, it definitely says, is. When it rains, it pours. It's definitely Eccleston. That's um, is it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I'm gonna, I didn't get a chance to watch it in preparation for this, but I might watch it tonight, actually. Um, yeah. It's such a fun movie. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. I um, saw it in theaters that, nice. that summer, that June 2000. So I guess I was, I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I remember loving it. And I remember oh, yeah. that was uh, back when Angelina Jolie was still sexy and not right. so much uh, uh, mom, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and I remember a lot of it. I, 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 you know, I probably haven't seen it in at least 10 years. Um, but it was definitely one I wanted on DVD. And I was, I was excited when it came out. It, I got it, I think, for Christmas. Nice. Um, and watched it a lot. I loved it. I love the preparation. I agree with you on that. Um, I loved that you didn't really have to know anything about the cars to okay. care about the cars, mm-hmm. um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, totally. It's and I also love um, the the brotherly stuff, kind of like you said that he's yeah. that he's out to protect his brother. And also, what's that? It's hard to do on a podcast because nobody can see what I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> they're getting ready to leap. You laugh, Matt, like you get, you know what I'm getting ready to say. There's a thing where they're getting ready to leave, and Memphis yes goes like, "Wait, not yet." And he does that weird like shake. He like goes, he does his his hands. Okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah. It's what is that? Cold. He's Nick Cage. He's, yeah, he's, he's Nick being Cage. Nick Cage. I, yeah, I guess. You That's can, the only explanation there is. <laughs> you yeah. can you can characterize it as kind of this meditative, like like quick little thing. He has both of his hands sure. on either side of his head, not on his head, but away from his head, and then he just kind of s- freezes them. Then he shakes them, and then it yeah. goes. It's, it's, it's a go. Nick Cage thing. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tony, what do you think of it? Uh, for me, and I, I haven't again. I haven't seen uh, Vantage Point. Um, Vanishing but, Point. Vanishing Point. Sorry, um, but Gone in sixty seconds. There was. I, I, I'm not exaggerating. There was a point in junior high where uh, myself and my friend Jack would watch that movie at least a couple times a month. <laughs> yes. uh, just love that movie so much. The cars are unreal in mm-hmm. that movie. I mean, the oh, yeah. Eleanor, the the GT five hundred yes. is just iconic beyond iconic, um, and just tons of the other cars the, the the whole thing of giving the giving each car its own code name is so yeah. it's so clever but it's incredibly practical as well because mm-hmm. they do that so they can communicate over the radio but nobody knows yeah. what they're talking about oh yeah um and it's it's just such a fun thing um nicholas cage being nicholas cage great cast second movie second movie we've mentioned that has robert duvall in it by the way that's true yeah <laughs> Um, a young Timothy Oliphant is in it. I was going to bring him um, up yeah. as a as a as one of the cops chasing them. Yeah, uh, um. and his his scenes with I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, the two of them they play off each other so well. It's it's a yeah. fun little kind of subplot of them kind of chasing after him. Yeah, um, and also the 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 reason for stealing the cars is, I guess the stakes are super low because what's really stupid is the guy is like. Uh, whatever his name is, Christopher Eccleston. I can't remember the character. Raymond Kalitri. Ray- oh, you just such wow. a cool name. You remembered that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Raymond Kalitri is threatening to kill Nicholas Cage's younger brother. Right. But he, like, he doesn't have him. Like he's he <laughs> helps he helps he helps him out the whole time. It's like the guy could just hop in a car and drive away. It's so stupid. Like it, it's clearly it's like this dude just wants to steal a bunch of cars. That's really yeah. what's going on here. I think um, they did a. I think they they kind of 
fix that a little bit saying like oh well kind of they threw it away like well you can get in the car that's one of the options that he has yeah but i think nicholas cage is like no you can't run from this guy because he's gonna find you yeah so it's kind of like flexing his muscle a little bit but right but yeah it's raymond calitri yeah it's such a cool character don't get me wrong i love it oh yeah but uh raymond calitri Kletri, Kip Reigns, yeah. uh, Memphis Reigns. Such cool character names. Yeah. That's almost indicative of the car genre in, in itself. <laughs> but, um, one yeah. Of, one of the first times I remember the actor uh, Chai McBride as well. The, yeah. The, the, the bigger black guy. Yeah. He's really funny in that movie. <laughs> He's really funny. Yeah. Um, I remember um, getting really excited when... Uh, when they're in the in the I guess it's a parking garage and they're kind of going up that spiral uh, ramp mm-hmm. and the DMX song is playing. Yeah, right. like for a thirteen-year-old, that that'll do it. Yeah, oh yeah, that'll get that'll get you hype. They're in the Hummer in that scene. In right? the Hummer, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, also, the movie features Vinnie Jones. Uh, Vinnie Jones and 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 Master P. Oh wow! Yeah, Woody. Yes, as a competing kind of yeah. car booster guy. Car, yeah, that's and I love right. that that scene where like they hide out in the diner when there's the two cops that's in the so diner awesome. and they hook up the the, <laughs> the axles to the to the truck to the yeah. semi. And just I love it because Nick Cage goes and talks to the truck driver. He's like, he's like, hey man, is that your rig out there? And the guy's like, hey, he's like, oh, that's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> it's just, it's so just awesome. a pretty good, it's a pretty good impression. <laughs> Thank you. Just Nick Cage being Nick Cage yeah. before he was insane, right? Yeah. And the and the final thing is, or final thing I'm going to bring up about it, but um, also features uh, the I think it's called the Quality Cafe, um, an iconic cafe of film. We could do an entire episode about the movies that feature that. <laughs> like <laughs> yes, I mean, could. it was very prolific in the '90s, and I think it's still it's still featured in, in movies yeah. today. But I mean, like you can count just a bunch of them. There's actually a super cut. Um, YouTube video where they cut together all because there's a bunch of scenes that have been shot in that um, in that cafe. I'm blanking on a lot of them now, but one of them featured prominently is uh, uh, Seven, hmm. uh, as well as Gone in 60 Seconds. But someone cut together all of the scenes that take place in that diner in that cafe and it's kind of its own supercut kind of extended scene and it's all these universes <laughs> together it's really cool that's great. um yeah i'll try to dig that up and put it in the show notes but uh yeah it's just something a nice little bit of hollywood trivia to throw in there cool yeah awesome um, movie yeah so should we go on to your next one Tony? yes absolutely um so my first movie was a racing movie Next movie is a car chase movie. It is uh, 1998's Ronin, uh, which was directed by John Frankenheimer, who is um, notorious for awesome car chase scenes. Um, Some stats. Ronin, 80 cars were destroyed. (laughs) Uh, More than 300 stunt drivers were used throughout the production of the film. Wow. Um, Some of the, the cars that were most prominently featured... Excuse me. Um, the movie takes place exclusively in Europe, so that's what's different about this. There are no American cars in the movie. Um, some of the most prominently featured cars were the Audi S8, the Citroen XM, uh, the Peugeot 605, BMW 535i, the Peugeot 406, the Citroen Zancha, I think that's how you say that, Mercedes-Benz 450 SEL 6.9, and a rare modified Mercedes-Benz W116. So, uh, yes. probably doesn't mean much to a lot of you guys. Um, All it means to me is that this episode is going to be a pain in the ass to tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit. 
<laughs> our European our European listeners are going to love it though. Yeah. So, uh, the movie Ronin. First of all, you're like, what is that title? Uh, a Ronin is a Japanese term. It is a Ronin is a samurai who does not have a master. Right. Um, and it's uh, it's it's kind of referenced in the film. Um, the movie has it's kind of a a clever plot, but it's kind of strange. It's about like this, essentially, uh, various members of. Um, like kind of clandestine cloak and dagger um, groups throughout uh, different governments around the world are sort of hired to essentially find this this enigma weapon or this enigma piece of information that is just almost worth uh, priceless. I almost said worthless. <laughs> it's almost priceless, uh, but it is on the black market, and it is huh. um, there are different governments uh who are trying to purchase it on the black market most notably russia and ireland um this was this movie was made uh in 1998 uh soon after what some would say the height of the um the ira the troubles as it was referred to Mm -hmm. by uh wow what's her name can't think of the prime the british prime minister wow that's terrible oh margaret thatcher margaret thatcher thank you gosh that's terrible (laughs) um and so a lot of people thought that the IRA was going to buy it in the movie. Um, it's essentially a briefcase or mm-hmm. like it's just this silver case throughout the movie and you never find out what it is. But there's all nice. these people who want to buy it for tens and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Nice. Um, so there are all these clandestine cloak and dagger people who are some of them are retired. Some of them are there's like SAS, there's CIA, IRA. It's really interesting. Um, and they're just trying to get a hold of this briefcase and trying to protect it from getting into the wrong hands. That's the whole movie. Um, again, it seems kind of weird, but it actually goes together really well. Um, the movie takes place primarily in France and Germany. Um, a lot of awesome cars. Uh, it does have, in my, it's, I think it's my favorite car chase scene. Um, nice. Uh, there's a point where they are driving on, I don't know if it's the Autobahn, but it's, a, it's an interstate, and they're driving the wrong way in traffic <laughs> for like 10 minutes. It's insane. Um, and there's uh, rocket launchers involved. Robert De Niro pops out the top of a, of a sunroof on a Mercedes and shoots somebody, uh, shoots a car with a rocket launcher. That's so cool. That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a really cool movie. I, I love the way that, that cars are incorporated into the incorporated into the movie again 80 cars were destroyed so um really awesome chase scenes in it so awesome i remember you kind of forcing me to watch it at one point yeah and i really really like the car chase scene but i don't remember much of the movie itself and you describing it like that really makes me want to see it again yeah um but yeah i remember that that car chase scene was really cool yeah um have you seen it mike i no, i've never seen it Okay. Bummer. And it's important to note this is not the prequel to 47 Ronin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It is not. Yes. Well, no, that was 46 Ronin. Right, right. Yeah, you have to watch like 46 different movies just to (laughs) get to 47 Ronin. That's why I didn't get the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's it's really cool. And you talk about how it's uh, very European or takes place in in Europe and all that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of... um, Born Identity is also... It is. Actually, there's uh, some uh, some stuff that's actually influenced... Some of the influences on the movie were the books, the Born books. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, amazing cast, too. Um, some people kind of ahead of their time. Uh, uh, basically, an unknown Stellan Skarsgård is in it. Oh, nice. Um, Robert De Niro is the main character. Uh, Jean Reno. Um, Sean Bean. Uh, Jonathan Price. Natasha McElhone. Awesome cast. 
That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Uh, good pick. Good pick. Yish. Um, uh, I think Mike is up. Yeah, Mike, what's next on your list? That's me. I didn't know that one, guys. I had to kind of sit out, but this, that's awesome. me showing my hand. Right. <laughs> uh, not a not a car guy movie. Speaking of which, uh, I talked about a movie I love, and I'm going to talk about a movie I hate. Um, <laughs> Fast Five, Ugh. which I I think it needs to be, I guess, more of a discussion than a soapbox. Uh-huh. I hated the movie so much, <laughs> and I can't believe it was such a hit. Um, I remember thinking it was one of the worst examples where a movie is more about show than substance. Oh, yeah. And, and just being so so frustrated with that. I agreed to see it way back in, I guess, what it called, 2011. I agreed mm-hmm. to see it in 2011 just like for The Rock. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, the fight scenes, especially with his, are, are pretty – they're PG-13 cool. Yeah. Uh, but the rest is a mess. I mean, the the whole movie's a mess. Uh, there is a real line in the movie goes, uh, "This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission Insanity." <laughs> mission in freaking sanity. Oh. Mission in freaking sanity. Who wrote that? <laughs> and not only that, I, I mean, it's I featured guess in the Chris, trailer. Uh, Chris Morgan, I guess, is his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Ugh. he's the writer, uh, and has been the writer since Tokyo Drift. Who has worked alongside, of course, Jeremy Lin, who must have made some weird sort of deal with the devil to go from <laughs> near direct to DVD bargain bin with Tokyo Drift yeah. to a yeah. to blockbuster every year yeah. or every other year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's Justin Lin, isn't it? Oh, it's Justin Lin. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who I, you're right. It's worth noting he directed. Uh, I believe he directed the first paintball episode of Community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at Modern that. Warfare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jeremy Lin is the. Uh, is the Houston Houston Rockets basketball player? Sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Justin Lin again. Tokyo Drift was just about direct to DVD. I mean, mm. should have been. Oh yes. man, terrible. Movie. Has very little to do with the series, and then and then somehow with Fast and Furious in 2009, which I did not see, resurrected the the whole series, so that now uh, the seventh movie is is uh, one of the like highest anticipated movies of the future. I, I just, yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh yeah. It's, and it, it's worth mentioning in the pod chat. You, when you mentioned fast and furious, you, you use the word abhorrent. And, um, yeah. and I love that because it's, it's apt because the movies are just, it's horrible testosterone trash. Um, yeah, and it's so funny. let's go on. Though. Oh yeah. Go, go right ahead. Back to the trash, back, mm-hmm. to, back to that, which I abhor. Uh, Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel, yep. who is terrible. <laughs> uh, Paul Walker, rest in peace. Right. Uh, he, it's like a shining example of how he was stuck in this bad film purgatory. Not that he was a fantastic actor, but right. I think he showed signs of uh, if he were in a better movie, he, he could have been impressive. Yeah, uh, totally. And I, and I think he's pretty terrible in that. Um, Physics-wise, they jump from a car before it <laughs> crashes, which is impossible. That which I can get over. I mean, I love sci-fi movies, and let's let's be real here. There's all kinds of times where movies I love play with physics, and you just have to let it go. The problem is that at other times, the movie takes itself very seriously, mm-hmm. and that bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> um, the the whole climax is that they drag a bank vault with two cars. <laughs> yeah. It was laughable. 
well, it's worse than that because oh. they they rip it out of a wall with sure. with two Dodge Chargers. Yeah, yes. with two Dodge Chargers, which yeah. I, I guess wouldn't do that. I don't. I don't know. No, not even but, no. But that they're whipping it around the street. <laughs> And these tow cables cross, and then magically in the next scene they're uncrossed, um, which I'm sure is not an editing mistake. Uh, um, Justin Lin seems to know what he's doing uh, as far as as far as editing, but it just defies logic mm-hmm. to the point where to the point where it's laughable. I I can't right. even get past it. Um, what's more is that they set up a racing scene and cut. Before the race is even shown. Yes. Like uh. the only thing I was like, okay, the rock is going to be cool. And then we're going to get to see a racing scene and they start it and they cut before it happens. And yeah. I'm like this, surely this is a joke. <laughs> uh, a couple more things. Um, two things, two things that are unfor- unforgivable. I mean, just, just unforgivable in the movie. Uh, Diesel says um, one more job and then we disappear. That was two movies ago. He said that in every movie. Yeah. Oh, he says that in every movie. Yeah. Okay. I, again, this is the only one I saw. Or a variation uh, of that, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, there's a mid credit scene that teases the return of Michelle Rodriguez's <laughs> character, uh, who who was dead from right. before, mm-hmm. which I only found out because like a guy in the theater was like, oh, dude, she was dead. <laughs> uh, her presence in a movie uh, alone is a sure thing that I won't see it. Yeah. And I did not see Fast and Furious 6. And again, uh, Paul Walker, uh, rest in peace. I, I, will not see, I will not see Fast and Furious 7, despite the fact that I love James Wan and, and I'd mm-hmm. like to see, like I want to see anything James Wan does. Yeah. But uh I, I won't see I won't see Fast and Furious Seven. It sounds like uh, you guys have seen it. What oh what is God. your the two of your uh, experience with the with the franchise? I'll I'll let Tiny speak first because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he has seen how many of the Fast and Furious movies have you seen in a theater, Tiny? Um, <laughs> happily seen in a theater. <laughs> happily seen in a theater w- one. Willingly, okay. Happy th- ha- happily seen in a theater one. Uh, seen in a theater too. Okay. Um, I, uh, dude, I love Fast Five. I, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I love this movie so much. Wow. I know. Um, wow. I know. <laughs> I know. I. The thing is, it is a crappy movie. It I know. Really I know it's bad. I oh, yeah. do okay. not. I do not try to defend it on merit at all because it is absolutely indefensible. Mm-hmm. But I love it because it's exactly what I want. Um, I, I don't, I want physics to be defied. I want cars to be thrown around. Dude, they take out like 10 cars with a bank vault. How can you not love that? It's so cool. It's like a pinball game on a huge scale. Uh, I just love that so much. The rock is ridiculously over the top, Mm -hmm. inexplicably dripping with, with sweat in almost every scene. The entire movie. What does he say? He says something. He goes, uh, Oh, so many lines. a guy goes. Uh, we've got good no. We got good news yep. and bad news. He goes. You know, I like. I like to eat my dessert first. Yeah, and then after- <laughs> and then he goes. And then he tells him the news, and he goes. Now give me the damn veggies. <laughs> give me the vegetables. <laughs> so stupid. It's so awful. Dumb. But you know, in that instance, I will say it was. It was not taking itself too seriously, and I chuckled. The like thi- yeah. most of what The Rock did, I appreciated uh-huh. in that movie because I think The Rock can act. Oh, the yeah. thing is. 
you don't realize how accurate that is. <laughs> Seriously, because I've hung out with tons of law enforcement officers. Again, they're cocky assholes. A lot yeah. of them are. And they say stupid stuff like that. I did an internship. Give it the damn veggies. I did an internship <laughs> over an entire summer with like 15 different cops. That's and right. several of them said stupid crap like that <laughs> all the time. There was a cop I was with who literally shouted at someone, stop in the name of the law. Oh, oh man. I, seriously, oh. Law there's just, it takes a certain, it attracts a certain personality. So yeah. that's it, surprisingly accurate. Yeah. And even so as a fan yeah. of the series, can you explain? Everything. How, <laughs> I, I, is it, sorry. Is it the, is was it the absence of Vin Diesel and Paul Walker that made Tokyo Drift a flop, and then their return that brought it back to what it was? I yeah. Let me. Clarify. It has to be that. Yeah. Let, let, let me let me clarify. I I like the first one for nostalgic reasons. Again, it's it's pretty much exactly what I want. Uh, two, three, and four, eh, especially though I just don't really care for them. Mm-hmm. But Fast Five specifically, I love. And Fast Six wasn't that great either. Yeah. Even yeah. It um, um and I, I kinda have a lot to say about 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 the franchise as a whole. Yeah. But please do. In terms of I mean, where to begin though? Man, uh the funny thing about the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so just a pile of all of them. Yeah. But um with the fourth movie, what it did was it it not only brought back the characters from the first movie, which it it funny, funny which by the way can we say the fourth movie was called fast and furious yeah yes they just dropped the first those. movie is called the fast and the furious yeah. the second one too fast too furious best worst title ever the third one the fast and the furious tokyo drift yeah. and then they came back with fast, fast and, furious. and furious the tagline of which was original parts new like new new paint or something like that new new model original parts something like that which it's funny because that's it's it's just not it's not an original movie at all it's just (laughs) it's just it doesn't really retread it because it kind of it what it did for the franchise what how it resurrected it was it rebranded itself as a heist movie okay so the last three movies have all been kind of heist movies and they've been fun stupid physics-defying, logic-defying heist movies that are just kind of just all style and no substance um, as much as they want to shoehorn substance in with the whole yeah. Michelle Rodriguez resurrection, all that crap. Um, but it's, it's, it's just a fun heist movie with, with cars that, that get just destroyed. And what's cool about it is that it... Um, that's kind of the that's kind of the the dichotomy of the franchise. Like you have like the first three are like racing movies that are kind of I'll get to that in a second, but um, but the other three are just are like I said they're heist movies and the I, I lost my train of thought there, but it's it's just they're kind of fun. I saw the sixth one or yeah the sixth one in the theater and it was just it was forgettable uh, like all of them, but it, yeah it was it was still kind of fun to just watch. Um, but the first one, I just recently rewatched the first one thinking just because, um, for the, for the blockbusters episode that we did, I mentioned transformers. And then after we talked about it, I watched it and realized that I did not agree with what I said about transformers. It doesn't really hold up that that well at all. Yeah. (laughs) So it, it doesn't really hold up at all really. And 
so I wanted to be prepared for this by watching the original one because my original thought was like, okay, well, yeah, like Tiny said, I like it for the nostalgia and it's also kind of a fun movie. But rewatching the original one, it's so bad. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, it's like prime for riff tracks. It's <laughs> like the writing is atrocious. It's basically a big tenant of the entire franchise is that it's basically movies geared toward young testosterone hormone driven guys and it's just really all style like there's a scene in the third one that sticks out all the time that says it's where uh like at the beginning uh i think it's like like tim taylor's oldest son i forget his name um he plays like a jock bully um oh yeah yeah and then lucas black is the main character and he's kind of a i think he's like an outcast or something at the high school so he challenges like Tim Taylor's son, which one was the oldest? Zachary one? Ty Bryan. Zachary Ty Bryan. I think he's the oldest one. I think yes. Yeah, Brad. Brad. Yeah. So Brad Taylor. I'll just. I don't know his character's name. <laughs> he challenges Lucas Black to a race or something like that, and then he's like, "Well, if I win, I get your car or something." And then I think like Lucas Black is like, "Well, if I win, I get your girl," and it's like this <laughs> standard like cheerleader or or hot teenage girl. Um, and then she's like all for it. It's like it's so it's like, oh yeah, sure, use me as as a as a reward for <laughs> for a race. I'm I don't have any any problems with that. So then they then they race and then he wins and he gets her. It's it's just it's like such a ridiculous premise for anything. And then that's even present in the first movie because <laughs> Jaw rules in the movie, ja first of all. Gosh. And like Ugh. they're at Ugh. Yeah, they're at the first race. And they're they're getting ready to to start and all that, and then this like this bimbo goes up to Ja Rule and he, she's he's like I'm all yours or something and forces him to like feel her up and then he's she's like if you win you get her too and then there's a girl that's like blowing kisses at him I'm like come on guys. and then as he's losing their <laughs> as he's losing the race Ja Rule Ja Rule yells out no Menage <laughs> yeah. Swear. At the start of it, he's like, Menage! And when I saw it, I was like a teenager, and I didn't know what the <laughs> f*** he was talking about. I was like, is that a car term? <laughs> <laughs> and then after the race, he loses. Spoiler alert. And uh, and then he's like, so what about it? What, what's up, Monica? And then she's like, no, you didn't win. And it's just like, all right, fine. Yeah. Um, But it's just, it's an atrocious movie. It's so bad. Um. And I like it because I'll kind of circling back to kind of like Mopar and all that. I'll get to that with my third movie. But it's kind of yeah, I like it for the cars. Uh, for well, for the one car, the one like Detroit muscle car, the nineteen seventy ch- uh, Charger. Because I love that car, um, and I like the final chase scene. But like as I've grown up, I don't. I hate the imports, the the Ugh. the the rice burners is what they're called. I think yeah, little four bangers. Yeah, yeah, it's so and it's so funny to watch it because it's so it's so stupid because they're just like like little buzzing cars that are just like <laughs> and the whole movie is based around like okay the these they're guys, not masculine at all. No, 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 yeah. not at all. Yeah. And it's kind of like the whole movie is like they're they're hijacking truck drivers. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not, that's not, you know, conspicuous at all. Like, like <laughs> five really loud, like buzzing cars with like tricked out, like neon lights and all that stuff. 
uh, circling around a semi. It's like, okay, cool. You know, you're not looking for anything. Like that's you know, <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't. That's a common car, but um, I had more to say about it. But I just don't care. There was yeah. <laughs> there was another last anecdote. Yeah, you're working that. hard on this one. I know it's because <laughs> it's so fresh in my mind because I just watched the first one uh, last night. But the first racing, and I put this in the pod chat. There's a with when they're like a big indicator of how just stupid it is is that they're as the cars are going out they're lining the street and all that and as the cars are reaching the start line um two people are are spray painting on the street like red spray paint in the middle of the night um across the street not three feet away from a crosswalk a white crosswalk line that they could have easily (laughs) used as a as a start line it's just it's stupid i don't it just bugged me so yeah so it's a it's a movie it's a movie franchise <laughs> yeah, that's Fast Five that. is awesome. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, kidding. I realize it's a crappy movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so does that bring it to me? Do we have anything more to say about? No? I don't think so. Oh, I did think of another thing to say about it. Real last thing, a big anecdote that me and one of my coworkers share is that he had seen. I haven't seen this, but I, apparently there was like a behind the scenes thing with uh, uh, Vin Diesel where he's talking about. Uh, it's a promotional thing for Fast Five where they're talking about – he's talking about how awesome it's going to be to have The Rock in it. And he's like, this is – people have been – this oh, is a yes. cinematic event, yes. a, a big c- you know, event in cinema or something. He's referring to him fighting The Rock. Yeah. When they when they fight each other in Fast Five, he's like, people were looking forward. This, this is an event in cinema. Yeah. He says that just about the fight. That's it. Yeah. It's like Vin Diesel and The Rock fighting. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. Yeah. So, so that's that. We can put the kibosh on that for a little bit until our big Fast and Furious episode. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I guess that brings me to mine. Next one. I'll talk briefly about this. I, I don't think Mike. I don't think you've seen it, but I know Tiny has. You might uh, uh, talk about it a little bit. But there's a documentary on Netflix, uh, directed, produced, and starring in about uh, Eric Bana. Uh, it's called Love the Beast. It's all about how he loves racing and he loves cars. And it's basically his whole life he's loved cars. And he, he spent his life restoring a, uh, a Ford. Do you remember? Uh, 1970 Grand Torino, I believe. Maybe. I think it's a Grand Torino. Yeah, something. it's a car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was something with an F, I think. Ford something. F. Ford Grand Torino. No, it was something. I thought it was a Grand Torino. Falcon. Oh, is it a Falcon? Falcon? Okay. Yeah. Um, so he spent his life kind of restoring it and all that, and he with his friends, and it was this big part of his of his life in Australia, and it's it features him racing it and all that. Now I won't spoil it or anything for you, but it's it's a really cool documentary, and it's not necessarily just for car people because I'm not necessarily a car person at all, but I love it because it does what I want that kind of documentary to do because it's not necessarily about the cars, but it's about his obsession and his passion, which is something that I love hearing about and reading about and seeing about is just, it's a good, a good description of someone that's passionate about something who just devotes themselves to that. Like he talks about how he talks about like his acting career and everything is almost like he doesn't say this, but it's almost like an afterthought or as a, as a, uh, um, 
as a day job pretty much to, to really pursue his passion for racing and for, for cars. And it's, uh, it's funny cause it, it kind of has, he kind of has almost a cynical take on, on his celebrityism. I mean, he's very thankful for it and everything. He's very clear to, to say that, uh, that he's thankful for all the opportunities that he's had and all that stuff. But there's a scene where he's going to the premiere, um, of, of one of his movies. And he's like, he's just like, he, like he takes a Heineken and he drinks some of it. And he's like, he's, he calls it like, um, like, so like, I don't know what he, he calls it. Something that's essentially a synonym for like social lubricant or, um, uh, liquid courage or something like that. But, and he's just like, it makes the red carpet a little shorter. And it's like, in that moment, you can kind of see like he's, his passion isn't acting and everything. It's the, it's cars and all that. And it's just a really mm-hmm. cool, view of that in a person's passion so it's i i liked it a lot and also uh the first the first race scene and also later in later in the movie features a song by uh, uh, explosions in the sky which i love hearing their music in in movies because it's so it's beautiful um notably like friday night lights and also the giant mechanical man but yeah so so that was cool um i liked it a lot uh what do you guys what are what is your guys' take on it um, yeah, it's, it is a terrific film. Again, it's not, you don't need to be a car guy or anything, or even be a fan of racing to love this movie. Um, the, the, the documentary was, um, I think it was, uh, sort of like inspired by, um, uh, the fact that he, he still has the same car that he bought when he was 16 years old, 15, 15 years old. Yeah. He still has it and it's in his parents' garage in Australia and so what he decides to do is restore it and race it in a famous um, off-road race. It's that, a five-day um, endurance race. It's an endurance race, like yeah. Targa something. Somewhere in Australia. So yeah. that, that's what kind of inspired the documentary. Um, and, and, and the movie just beautifully taps into the freedom, that, that sense of freedom you get when you're a 15, 16, 17-year-old and you get your first car. Absolutely. Which is just a sentiment that is it can't be matched by anything else in my opinion right um it's just it's just a beautiful thing and it we see all these pictures from when he and his friends would 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 uh, restore this car and mm-hmm. work on it and they would go race it yeah. um it's just such it, it's a really beautiful movie and uh, and again to hear him talk about you think an actor you think they're going to be passionate about acting but compared to when you see him in an interview where he's talking mm-hmm. about a movie an interview where he's talking about his car, it's a night night and day difference in yeah. his personality and, and, and his passion just comes through on the screen so well in this movie. It's it's terrific. Yeah, and it's also it features uh, Jeremy Clarkson from from Top Gear and Jay Leno and a bunch of celebrities. Also Dr. Phil, which I had a problem with because <laughs> who cares? Um but it's it was just a, it's a really cool documentary. Again it's called Love the Beast. It's on Netflix and uh, there was something else I was going to bring up about it, but I can't remember right now. But it uh, it was really cool. It's worth mentioning that Jay Leno's in it, like I said. And, I mean, it kind of – his public persona since the whole Team Coco thing uh, is tarnished a little bit. But he – there's one scene where – Tarnished he, a lot of bit. A I lot of bit, yeah. <laughs> well, you'll appreciate this, Mike, that um, – <laughs> In the in the documentary, there's a scene where he comes across as a total dick um, <laughs> because he, he says something like – Something happens. I won't spoil it. Which, which, there's a there's a sequence that just the way that it's the the way that it's depicted is really cool. The editing, it plays a um, it plays an audio thing, it plays an audio of a voicemail from his son, 
his little like young son and then it sets it sets it up like something's going to happen and then from there like the tension is just really well done because it shows shots of him of him doing his thing when you know that something's about to happen so anyway so jay leno he's interviewing him or they're talking in jay leno's garage and um that's what i was going to say but um he was they're talking they're talking and then um Jay Leno's just like, like, do you think that um, you didn't really care about the car because you paid someone to restore it for you? Because um, <laughs> huh. he completely rebuilt it and all that. And then I was like, you, wow, what a dick. And he even kind of gives him a look like, what the... F- Anyway, so and then again, uh, the other thing I was going to bring up was that um, Tiny, you talked about how you, that freedom and everything, and they show shots of them restoring it when they're kids and all that. It's really cool because because he references it as uh, like the parents' garages, kind of being their clubhouse as as kids, yeah. and they're kind of coming of age while they're restoring this car together. And I thought that that was a really cool sentiment that really uh, really tied things together in, in in the documentary a lot. So so it's really good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, the car is a Ford GT Falcon Coupe, by the way. There we go. Yeah, okay. I think it was a 1970 or 71, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, anything more about Love the Beast? Uh, nope. No, I have. It doesn't even sound like you guys have done a really good job of selling it, but I, I probably will never see it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Tiny. How about your? Third? Yes, uh, my last one. Uh, it's sort of Matt didn't kind of kind of stole my thunder there. <laughs> Sorry, not really. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but each each of the movies I picked had a different theme about cars and racing. And you know, the first one was a racing movie. Second one was a car chase movie. And the last one is a movie about that sentiment of getting your very first car and that mm-hmm. sense of freedom that's not that you just you can't match with almost any other kind of feeling uh it is 1980 you're talking about transformers <laughs> uh freedom what, and terror you know what ironically i almost brought that up and made this <laughs> an entirely just about teenagers getting their first cars because that's actually a really good nice. example transformers yeah um but uh the movie i'm talking about is 1983's christine yes. based on stephen king's book um the movie is extra sentimental for me because it's the first Stephen King book I ever read, uh, and I'm such a massive fan of his now. Yes. Um, and the the movie actually doesn't stick to the book all that well. I mean, it does to an extent, but uh, there's a lot that's left out. Um, just, again, some stats. Um, there are three beautiful cars in it. Um one I, I don't I wish I could get the exact stats on it, but one is a I think it's a seventies, um maybe seventy one or two uh Dodge Charger. I think blue. it's a seventy if I'm not It's saying. a seventy yeah. or it might actually be a seventy one. I don't like remember. That, yeah. I think it's seventy though. Um it's a blue in blue color, really nice blue, like a cobalt blue. Yeah. And then there's a I wanna say again late sixties or early seventies Chevy Camaro. It's like a metallic gray. Um, and then of course the creme de la creme, uh, the original, um, the original, uh, car that Stephen King had in mind while he was writing the book is a, uh, 57 Plymouth Fury. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It looks just like, uh, when people see the cover of it or the cover of the movie or whatever, when they see a picture of it, they think it's a 57 Chevy because it looks a lot like a Chevy Bel Air, but it's not, it's a uh, Plymouth Fury. Um, and in the movie, uh, 25 Plymouth Furies were destroyed, Jeez. which is, uh, sounds like a shame, but I guess it really 
really amped up the popularity of that car, nice. and now they're like an incredibly valuable collector's car. Now. Right. Um, if you're unaware of what the movie is about, it's about a teenager, a young, nerdy teenage guy who um, drives by with his friend a, uh, a car that's for sale, and it's, a, it's an old 57 Plymouth Fury. And uh, it just kind of speaks to him, and he decides to buy it. Of course, it's a piece of crap, and he has to spend a whole bunch of money and time restoring it. And it turns out that the car is essentially possessed by a, a spirit, sort of, and the car is basically alive. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome idea for a movie that I think could only work in the in the mind of Stephen King. Yeah. Um, and the film is wonderfully directed by John Carpenter. Um, nice. I forgot. I didn't realize he did it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I had forgotten that it was John Carpenter myself. I hadn't seen the movie in a long time. I watched it recently for for this episode, and I'm glad I did because I I really love the movie. A lot of people pan it because it's kind of uh, again, it's kind of, sort sort of a silly premise. It's a car that's alive, um, and uh, what's great about it is that you just the the actor who plays the main character he just absolutely nails the feeling of getting your own getting your own car, having, yeah. having that freedom. Um, if you don't know what that's like, just talk to anybody who's from a country where a car is an extreme luxury or where they just don't have roads. You can't, you can't just drive everywhere. Right. Um, and when they come to the U.S. and they get a car, they just this sense of the feeling they get is just it's unmatched. Um, and they, this movie taps into that incredibly well. Um, John Carpenter hit it out of the park with this movie. Um, the special effects are amazing. There, uh, there, there's a, a really famous scene where um, the car is vandalized horribly, um, and it's sitting in the garage, and the guy who owns it's just looking all sad and dejected, and he's talking to the car, and it starts to repair itself. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. Apparently, they did it with, like, uh, they used, um, like, pistons behind the... Or like hydraulics that were like part of the um, behind the uh, the panels of the car, and they crushed the car, but then they just ran it in reverse and made it look like it was repairing oh, itself. Nice. Um, mm, that's it clever. was it was really it it looks like really good CGI, nice. and the movie's thirty years old. That's awesome. Um, it's really impressive. Um, I love the performance. Um, there's some. <laughs> They intentionally wanted the movie to be rated R, so they threw in a lot of like bad words and stuff because um, nice. this was before PG-13 existed, and they knew that they couldn't get away with PG because there was violence in it, so they just kind of went for it. Nice. Um, and there's a line that's repeated. <laughs> it's it's pretty crass, so I, I apologize for saying it, but it's like uh, the guy who's selling the car to the teenager, he's like, uh, there's nothing like getting behind the wheel of your own car. There's no feeling like it, except maybe for pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes up it comes up later in the movie the main character says it again uh and it's just it's so memorable it's just That's a so it's awesome. a great it's totally a line that a car a gearhead would say yeah um so it makes perfect sense um uh and another thing that's so notable about the movie is the music um uh bad to the bone by george thurgood and the destroyers is the theme song of it and it just plays in perfectly um you know i've actually seen george thurgood live Oh really? Oh nice. Yeah, nice. This is a little bit of trivia, but I saw him open for uh, for Brian Adams a couple years ago at the I guess White River State Park in Indianapolis. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Nice. And uh, and it was clearly not the right crowd. Like it was a bunch of eighties oh. uh, fans of music and moms there to hear Brian Adams. And he's like, "All right, who's gonna get arrested tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, "Not me. I gotta make it home." <laughs> oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah. that's and uh, and just throughout the movie, the car is it's possessed and it's it's alive and uh, it controls the radio and so it's it it taps into this awesome uh, just just like post war boom in the United States where everything was just getting such an awesome style, including the cars and the music and uh, the car it just fits the car so well it keeps choosing all of these like fifties doo wop songs to play on the radio uh, and it's just. It's just perfect. It fits into the movie so well. Um, I, I think that I don't understand why the movie is panned by a lot of people. It has like a six point six rating on IMDb, which is okay. Um, I, I would give it an eight easily. I think nice. it's. I just. Lo- I think everything in the movie just uh, hits on all eight cylinders, if you will, to throw in a car pun. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's. I just. I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I highly recommend it to everyone. Have you guys seen it? That's awesome. I saw it a lot when I was a kid. Um, I haven't read the book, unfortunately, which I think I might. I might. I think I might read the book uh, relatively soon, and then watch it, and maybe do an adaptation and remake it on the blog. But um, yeah, classic Stephen King, though. I mean, Car Possessed. That it. It's. It's classic Stephen King, I, I guess. It, it's, it was, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it was scary as a kid because um, I just imagined, you know, oh, my car's alive. What if it kills me and all that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, yeah, it was good. I, I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't really have much to say about it. Yeah. Have you seen it, Mike? No, I have not. Uh, see, I think you might kind of like it because it's it's John. Carpenter. Oh, I think I would too. Yeah, yeah. it, it definitely. This time it kind of it sounds like I I think I'd like that one. Yeah, nice. and I actually screwed up the line. It's not. Uh, it's not. He says uh, the guy who's selling to him says it's still got that new car smell. Uh, there's just nothing like that new car new car smell except <laughs> maybe for pussy. Uh, it's awesome. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's great. So cool. Good so it's it. just and it's like the the fifty seven cherry red Plymouth Fury mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite movie cars ever. It's just perfect for this movie. It's iconic. I, I just love it so much. See, as <laughs> I kept looking at the charger, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's a Mopar movie too. Yeah, yeah, Plymouth is Mopar. Um, yeah. and also the detective, uh, drives a, a, an older, like a 1970s, uh, Plymouth Fury in it, which oh, is, nice. isn't as cool. Um, it was after the muscle car era, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the detective is played by uh, Harry Dean, Henry Dean Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. who I'm convinced was never young. <laughs> if you look at the dude, he's never like I think when he was born, he was 40 years old. He was the he was the detective. He was the detective. I thought he was his friend. No, no, no. He was the detective in the movie. Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Who played Who played the friend? Uh, some I don't know. Okay, yeah. I'd remember. not Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I remember something. Uh, there was a scene where he's his friend is talking to his parents, to talking to his friend's parents, the main character's parents. Something like like he gives him mil- they give him milk or something yeah. to drink, and I just remember being like, "Who just drinks milk?" Um, <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. Love milk. Um, I'll just go <laughs> myself. Nope, <laughs> you will. Um, okay. uh, but yeah, good pick. Good pick. Awesome movie. Uh, should we move on to Mike's? Third and final, Mike. Moving on. Yes. 
Uh, you guys mentioned the Indy 500, so I should probably talk about perhaps the greatest racing movie of all time, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's... In 2006, when that movie came out, I want to say that it was, well, uh, it was definitely the start of my Will Ferrell fatigue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I will add, I don't think I'm alone in that fatigue. Aside from animated movies, the Lego movie and Megamind, uh, Ferrell hasn't outdone the Ballad of Ricky Bobby at the box office. Not not since two thousand six has he wow. has he improved upon the one hundred forty eight million that Talladega Nights made. So uh, clearly he's he's hit his his starring role tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blades of Glory was really bad. Semi Pro was even worse. Step Brothers was actually pretty good, but other than that. Uh, nothing he's done has been great. So I remember Talladega Nights more than anything as like the last great uh, Will Ferrell movie. And I remember the summer that I saw it. I remember who I saw it with. I remember I saw it back home during the summer, uh, home from college. And I remember not liking it at first, but much like most Will Ferrell comedies when you can take it home and kind of take the jokes in one at a time and slower and multiple times it really hits you in the right ways <laughs> um, it's from what I understand a pretty great skew skewering of uh, of IndyCar or NASCAR uh, racing oh, but yeah. uh, I mean I wouldn't know because I, I have I don't know at all anything about that um, but I know when they're making fun of the product placements and the, ad, the ads <laughs> oh, um, so I know so the certain great. lifestyles they're making fun of um, it's a pretty hilarious movie I agree um, you referenced uh, the the, um, the ad campaigns or, or the commercials that they do and stuff like that I just love I love the line it's a big like just cut together montage of all these different these different ads that he's doing, and then there's just one that's like, if you don't chew big red, fuck you or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, I love that so much. But yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. I love the the weird, all the di- the variation of products they're that they're endorsing. Like, I think there's like pork rinds, uh, big red gum, some kind of motor oil, and I want to say like some kind of Japanese candy or something. Don't they have them speak in Japanese something or something like that? Like that? Yeah. Yeah, so funny. It's so and uh, I like uh, what is something, something about the the great words of uh, Colonel Sanders. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, also of note, it is uh, it's a NASCAR movie, and it also has John C. Riley, who was also in Yes uh, Days of Thunder. He was. Yeah. yeah, it's all coming around. Yeah, it totally is full circle. Um, full uh, circle, full, full oval, full oval. The old God reach around. <laughs> <laughs> full oval or full trioval. Uh, you're both fired. Talladega is a trioval. It's a trioval. You know what a trioval is? No. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of track. Okay, that's enough. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna trioval to forget that. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie. Um. Not really much else to really say about it. It's a Sasha, goofy. Movie. Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, he's fantastic. So funny. He's great, and it kind of it really does play up kind of the 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 differences. Uh, it skewers the differences between NASCAR and Formula One racing. Yeah. Um, and it really plays up different stereotypes associated with both of those types of motorsports. Yes. Um, 
So I like it a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Also, a um, uh, Amy Adams, isn't it? She is. And Leslie Bibb. Yes, yes. Very funny. Very funny. That's the word. Yeah. Funny, yeah. <laughs> Very hot, too. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Anything else of note to talk about Talladega Nights? Not really. Um, I'm sure if I watched it now, I would laugh only at the parts where you're supposed to laugh, and then I would kind of take a step back and just say, man, that that wasn't as good as I remember it being. Oh, and also the late Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, yeah. 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 Was awesome in that. Um, I don't think it was his last role. No. But no, it was no. definitely toward the end. No. Yeah. It was. Uh, it's a fun movie. I just watched it recently in preparation for this episode, and it's it's a fun movie. That's that's all. I, it's yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And they race, and there's cars, so it qualifies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So should I move on to my last one? Go for it. Please do. Okay. The last one is uh, a movie I haven't. I didn't watch it in preparation for this because I couldn't get a hold of it because I don't want to own it. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's 2005's remake of a TV show or whatever, um, The Dukes of Hazard. Oh wow! <laughs> Which, Mike, I don't know if you remember, but when we had our film class at USI, I remember the the teacher. It seemed like every single class, like that was his benchmark for like worst movie ever. Um, <laughs> really, I don't remember that. Really, I remember like, that's the, interesting though. Yeah, I remember like the first the first day of class, and then all throughout the semester, he would always say like he would say like little quips about Dukes of Hazard, saying like that's just an, a terrible movie and all that. And it's not a good movie. I don't remember much of it. So it's not even funny or anything. It's not. It's yeah. just and I'll just use it to springboard into my own. Um, association with the genre of car movie and stuff like that but when i was a kid this is going back to kind of the uh this is kind of cheating in a way to bring into the nostalgia tv discussion uh from last week but um when i was a kid i used to watch dukes of hazard with my family a lot um and when i was a kid i loved the car the generally it's a 1969 dodge charger rtu with uh um unfortunately see the fact that you can say i love i loved cars or i loved that car shows the difference i i have never ever ever loved a car interesting ever never had any feelings toward a car the car that i have now this is probably a conversation we should have had earlier in the show yeah the car that i have now i test drove once (laughs) and it was the it was the first and last car that i test drove i guess i should say Nice. Yeah. Well, with me, it was kind of, I mean, it was just, I was a kid. I was watching Dukes of Hazard. I kind of, I think I was, I don't, I don't know, but I just attached myself to the General Lee. Um, so, it, like I said, 1969 Dodge Charger RT with, uh, unfortunately, a Confederate flag yeah. <laughs> on the top. Very country kind of backwoods southern kind of thing. Um which is something I just, I'm not a fan of now at all. Yeah. Mm. But, um, so I mean, it just, it carried with me throughout my childhood and into my teen years. Like, uh, at Speedway high school, we had, our planners were called agendas mm-hmm. and I would like paste pictures of, of the general Lee and of different chargers. Cause I loved that car. I remember wow. that. Yes. It was something. <laughs> dork. I, yeah, I spent so much time doing that. <laughs> um, it was hard to kind of keep away all the girls that were chasing after me because of that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, or very easy, but um, <laughs> no, it was it was just something that I attached myself to. So then, after 
after like I I was really excited too. Like I kind of it kind of grew out of it. I grew out of it a, before high school ended. Um, and then like around the two thousand five when Dukes of Hazard came out, um, Dodge re reintroduced the Charger as a model of a car. And they updated it with features and all that stuff. So then, after my first year at USI, I wasn't I wasn't going back the next year. So I was going to I was like, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a year. I'm gonna work, and then I'm gonna save all my money, and I'm gonna buy a car. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna buy a Charger. That's gonna be awesome, like one of the new ones. So that's uh-huh. what I yeah. So that's what I did, and I have now a Charger, a, a 2006 Daytona RT Charger. Um, one what's of the only- color? Yeah, top banana yellow. Uh, top banana yellow. One of four thousand in that color in here. I think there's like five hundred in Canada and stuff like that. Uh, it's like a number that has like a little, a little display thing on the on the passenger side and uh, on the dash that has a number for it, zero seven six nine out of four thousand, which is unfortunate because I use that for like like my email and stuff like that, and people think that it's dirty because it has sixty nine in it, but it's <laughs> just like no, it's like my like I <laughs> I always thought that's what it was. No. No, and it's it like really dog. yeah. Like my <laughs> my email for or like my display name on like PSN and stuff is like Top Banana because of the color zero seven six nine, and then like I'd given that to my to my former manager at work, and he was all like, "Yeah, me and me and uh, Brian, who was one of the maintenance guys, he's like, yeah, we were talking about. I was like, is he like a secret like male stripper or something?'" <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, it's just because my card's topping in and the number. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just a kind of a point of, I guess, pride with me. I'm not that, I'm not a gearhead. I'm not into cars now. I'm not really a car guy. But I was just like, you know what? It would be nice to, to have a charger. And I got a charger. And I didn't need to know all the, all about cars to get one because I would have needed that if I got like a, a 69 or 69 charger is the one that I wanted. Um <laughs> Unf- again, unfortunately, it's not a dirty thing. It's just I liked the I liked the grills of the '69 Charger. Yeah, um, and also the taillights were better. Well, I liked the taillights on the '68 because of circle. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was um, that's that's my story about Dukes of Hazard. The movie is just horrible. Um, <laughs> I love how they they ref- in the movie. The only thing I loved about the movie, well. <laughs> Jessica Simpson, pretty great. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. But there's a part where they drive the car into Atlanta, and they're in like a they're in like a black neighborhood, yeah. and they see the Confederate flag on top of the car, and they kind of get ostracized for yes. it. Yes, it's, it's kind of a, a good thing to put in that movie, I guess. Yeah, and in retrospect, walking around high school with a with an with an agenda adorned with the Confederate flag on a car, it wasn't <laughs> really. It gave the wrong impression. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah um so yeah that's that's my story about dukes of hazard i probably should have brought that up earlier for the first one but yeah um anything else to talk about that (laughs) i don't think so so okay cool um so do you guys since we're talking about it i I know we're running long here but what is your guys ultimate car oh i think i mean matt's pretty much said his right right mike you probably don't really have one well you know no i don't really um, but I had a friend grow up. Well, I still have a friend. Uh, <laughs> but when we were growing up, when, when he would be asked the same question, he always said Dodge Viper. Uh, and oh, so nice. I was just like, uh, yeah, Dodge Viper. <laughs> and so eventually I got around to looking, looking up what a Dodge Viper looked like. And it's a pretty cool looking car. Yeah. I mean, I would take a Dodge Viper, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Um, so, so to to answer that, anytime somebody asks me that question, I always say Dodge Viper, without without really meaning anything at all. But but I would take a Dodge Viper. Nice. There was a there was a show called Viper back in like the late nineties that featured a Viper that was like tricked out, kind of like kind of like Kit and Knight Rider. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Only it wasn't like an AI or anything like that. It was just a spy show. So I, I kind of associate that with that a little bit. But Vipers are really nice cars. Um, discontinued yeah. after uh, before the 2000s, I think. Um, no, they went into 2000. Did they? I think so. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Anything Anyways, else. mine would be a 69 Challenger, actually. Oh, nice. With a 446-pack engine. Nice. Yes, sir. Uh, don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> it's one of the biggest production engines ever made that nice. was a V8. Yeah. The uh, And another thing about, about my Charger, like I... Um, <laughs> it has decals on it that says like Hemi and all that, and I, I, I hate the ad campaign that came uh, with uh when they when they reintroduced the Hemi engine. Hey um, man, that thing got a Hemi. Oh my god, I hate every. <laughs> it hasn't happened much lately because I mean it's kind of an antiquated kind of um promotional thing. But every single time I had my car out anywhere, it was just like, hey, that thing got a Hemi. I'm like. It's written on the f***ing hood, dude. <laughs> yes, it has a Hemi. Um, <laughs> please don't talk to me anymore. But yeah, so, th- so yeah, that's, that's an anecdote about that. But, um, yeah. yeah uh, that, and another thing that I, I, kind of, I kind of was annoyed because uh, a few years after the Charger came out, the new, the new ones, it's kind of it's – not, it's not – very visually similar to the classic chargers that much. It's kind of like a, just a sedan that kind of stylistically is Mm -hmm. a little bit the spirit of the old ones, but they're pretty badass, dude. They are badass. I love it. I love my car so much, even though I keep having to spend money on it. um, (laughs) No, I, I love it to death, but then a few years later, the challenger comes out, they reintroduce the challenger. It has that, that style that it's it's like a muscle car for Those the modern are so era. Awesome. They're so awesome. Yeah. Um and it's just it kind of bugged me because I'm like, why can't they do that for the charger? <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I love it. I really do. Um so yeah, so that's that. Well, we're at an hour and forty minutes. Ooh, holy smokes. Yeah. Do you guys mind just foregoing potpourri? Because yeah, I mean I think we should. Yeah. Maybe we can like record an extended one or something. Um, sure. But yeah, so yeah, I guess uh is that is that it? Are we done? I think so. Nice. Wrap it up. Yep. Yeah. Um Let's go live our life another quarter mile. Oh god. Oh jeez. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you uh, liked it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh and that line in, in the original The Fast and the Furious, still just as horrible when you watch it now. <laughs> uh but yeah, so <sighs> okay, let us let me sign us out, I guess. Um as always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer podcast with Matt, Tiny, and Mike. Uh you can check us out on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer for me, at Obsessive Tiny is Tiny, and I am at I am Mike White is Mike. Uh you can also like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and also like us on Google Plus and Tumblr and all that crap. Uh, please, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes uh, because it does a lot to help us out. It kind of kind of rises us in the in the levels of the the charts of 
iTunes podcast, which, if you guys aren't familiar, is pretty extensive. <laughs> so we can use all the help we can get there. And uh, also vote for us for Podcast of the Month on podcastland.com. Uh, and thank you to Star Tissue for providing our awesome opening theme music. You can find more of their music at soundcloud.com slash star tissue. Uh, also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we're posting a lot of stuff uh, pretty regularly right now. It's a little... It's a little dodgy right now because I'm we're kind of busy getting ready for PopCon, which is May 30th through uh, June 1st. If you're in the Indianapolis area, please come check us out. We're gonna have uh, a table set up. We're gonna have recording equipment set up. We're gonna we've booked time on the podcast stage of the main hall, and we I think they're talking about trying to get us uh, guests on there um, from from the guests at the convention. So that'll be really cool. Um, we also actually upgraded our booth size, so we'll have an, an end table at the end of a row, so we'll be more visible, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, check out obsessivebooknerd.com. It's our, uh, um, our blog dedicated to reading and uh, books in the evolving world of reading. Also, check out Tiny's uh, side project, thesecularperspective.com. It's a podcast devoted to the healthy debate and discussion about religion and secularism in the world today. Um, a lot of great stuff there. Um, and finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics or any uh, any any uh, rebuttals to any of our arguments or any any stories you want to share, uh, please email us at ovpodcast at gmail dot com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any audio files you'd like us to play of your own of your own discussions and, and stuff about that, uh, send it that way. Uh, That'll be great. And also, uh, last thing, if you have a podcast and would like to uh, have your promo played on the show, we can do a promo swap kind of system if you're into that. <sighs> I guess that about does it, right? Yep. Yes. And if, so. Yeah. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, enjoy the 500. Um, yes, sir. This weekend, I'll enjoy being boxed into my apartment. Uh, I'll be there. Nice. Yeah, nice. for me, I'll be there. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for riding with us. Damn it. <laughs> I had to get you one more pun. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh. Sounds like it's raining. All right. It might just be the wind. Possibly. Yes. Come on, rain. Yes. Could you keep it down. Like neighbors. Keep it down. She says that. Oh, got you. Nice. Nice. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Throw it away. Just uh, keep it down. Just keep it down. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw it away. I love it.